Hey everyone, it's Ben Dunbar, partner at Gerber Kawasaki. And Brett Siffling, head of the Get Invested program here. So we, uh, we got a pretty crazy market here today and over the past week, but first we got to get the uh, compliance notes over with. So first and foremost, anything we talk about today, whether it's investing, financial planning, individual stocks, markets, anything like that, do not act on any information that we're talking about. Definitely consult your financial advisor. That's what we're here for. Uh, you know, and we may own or may not own some of the companies that we talk about. Our views may change at any time. So just want to reiterate, consult your advisor. And um, we're basically here for, for entertainment. We're here to talk about um, what's going on in the market. So, um, you know, Brett, rumor is we could be entering into bear territory. Is that true? We are getting close to bear territory. So there's uh, bull markets, which head higher, which we've been in for the past 11 years. And there's bear markets which go lower. Now the technical definition of an actual bear market is when we go 20% off of the highs. So we're at pretty much like 19 and some change. Um, we Haven't we been here before? We have been here this close before in December of 18 actually. Um, we actually hit a bear market just intraday. Um, a lot of people in the finance community don't really count that because it didn't close more than 20%. We are in the camp that, look, we probably were in a bear market at that point. Um, it was the worst Christmas Eve ever, if you remember that, Ben. Um, he has a famous story that we like to you know, tell clients that uh, it was actually the worst December since 1931 in the Great Depression. Isn't that right? Yep, since then, you're right. Yeah, and so um, this was also followed by a huge rally in 2019 and shows you really the importance of being invested. But, you know, Ben, why exactly is this bear market happening now? Well, it's not from Corona beers, uh, even though, as we talked about last time, people are drinking a lot less Coronas. But uh, yes, the coronavirus uh, officially has reached pandemic levels, according to the World Health Organization that just came out today. So just to give you an update on the numbers, um, the current death toll is at 4,300, uh, and there are now over 125,000 reported cases. We definitely think there are substantially more cases out there um, right now, but it's just getting those testing kits out to everyone and um, actually getting an updated number. Um, the big thing that's happening here is consumer behavior is substantially changing. So you may be sitting at home right now uh, if you work at Lyft or if you work at Google or if you work at Slack because your employer told you to stay home and you may have planned to go to Coachella and uh, you got rescheduled to October. You didn't get canceled because Golden Voice still... So bummed. Yeah, Golden Voice still still needs to make their money. So they just pushed you out to October. Um, I'm hearing some stories of friends. I think even you were talking about not getting your Airbnb, right? Yeah, it's been a mess. You know, this is a huge mess with Airbnb and also, you know, just getting refunded for the tickets. Um, each homeowner, you know, has the discretion whether to refund you or not. Some are more willing to than others. Uh, but, you know, this is going to happen with not only just these two specific companies, but with a lot of the companies um, that are in this kind of travel industry or um, vacation industry and what would you say that people are most actually worried about when it comes to this? I mean, I, I still would say it's just it's it's overall consumer behavior and, and obviously the travel industry as a whole. So if you're you know, you're looking at airlines, right? We've seen just the airlines ETFs down thirty seven percent off its high. I'm hearing of friends that are still traveling but their flights are getting canceled, they're getting put on a new flight and that flight's still empty. Right? If you just remember a couple years ago, every flight that we fly on is completely full. 
right? And, um, you know, some of the airlines have filed for bankruptcy before. Uh, and so this is an area of the market that's just, uh, it's been completely battered. Um, yeah, and a lot of these companies have already come out and said that, you know, they're lowering guidance. If you guys don't know what guidance is, it's basically the company forecasting how they're going to do in the future. Um, and so this, these stocks are really scary right now. The airliners, the cruise ships, um, the government actually came out yesterday and said, do not go on cruise ships, despite what the influencers are telling you um, on Instagram, that it's not an actual um, good thing to book it for $300, you know, for a week vacation, because you probably will get sick. Yeah. Now, what about uh, oil, Ben? Yeah, so a lot of people have been talking about oil, and that was part of what drove the market down, um, you know, over the weekend coming into Monday. And, you know, we're seeing the Saudis come out and say, we are going to flood the market with oil, even even though it's going to hurt us temporarily. We're going to try to drive Russia out. We're going to try to make it too expensive for the U.S. So for these oil producing countries, it's a huge problem. Um, obviously, obviously, Saudi Arabia can make oil substantially cheaper or <laughs> generate, get it out to people. But um, it is good for the consumer and it is good for airlines. Um, airlines do hedge their oil prices. So basically, you know, in case they don't want to be so subject to oil moving up and down. So they'll buy what are called oil futures ahead of time just to hedge their bets. That being said, they don't completely hedge. So these oil prices will be good from a profit standpoint for airlines, but that does not even close to offset, uh, the amount of overhead they're dealing with and, um, how they're not even able to, to fill their flights. But you know, it's 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 interesting with the, a company like Tesla, even, right? It's uh, obvi- obviously you don't you're it's an electric car, and people out there that hate Tesla will make the argument uh, that cheaper oil is really bad for Tesla because people won't buy Tesla cars just because uh, oil is down. What do you think? About Tesla that? actually just came out yesterday, said that that's not the case at all. Um, I think it's really going to have little to no effect on Tesla. More worried about, you know, kind of the coronavirus affecting production and things like that, uh, which again, I don't think is that much of a scare. But how about this oil stuff all happening right after Aramco goes through their IPO? Oh, I know. And they just dumped a bunch of money. <laughs> they just got out. Oh my God. That's all time. Yeah, it's, uh, that was perfect timing. I mean, basically they sold all, they, uh, government selling their stock, going public, they're divesting. Uh, basically, and then they go and flood the market. I mean, this is why we've talked about staying away from that, and that's been scary. And, and that's something that you know we talk about here at Gerber Kawasaki is is not when we're talking about oil, especially. Um, we don't like those energy companies because when we're looking ten to fifteen years from now, Tesla excites us a lot more. Companies that are focused on clean energy. And although I have been told for the past five years, okay, yeah, I mean even longer than that, really for the first, past yeah. fifteen years. Energy's cheap. Energy is cheap. Energy's cheap, right? You should buy oil companies. You should buy limited partnerships. Um, I don't know if, if you guys remember Energy Transfer Partners uh, during the Permian Basin. Like th- these companies have been so battered down. These companies are so cheap, and we've continued to stray away from them. Yeah, that's what we really believe in: is impact investing, right? And viewing kind of companies through this environmental lens or through good governance or through socially responsible lenses. And so that's something that's super important to us here at the firm. Yeah. And we ultimately think that that's going to drive better results for for investors anyways. Um, So 
with the market going down substantially, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of volatility. You know, what what's kind of the silver lining that we're seeing right now for potential millennials, younger people just just getting in? Yeah, one big thing is interest rates. So, um, you know, we recently had the the surprise news um, that the Fed cut rates, but then ultimately it didn't really help the markets and interest rates started falling pretty dramatically to all-time lows, right? And this affects mortgages and um, your student loans. And so as a young person who might have student loans or you're looking to buy a home, this is a great opportunity for you. Um, low interest rates are supposed to be a great environment for the market too, um, but you know, Ben, talk a little bit about you know the mortgages. At yeah, least. yeah. Let's let's talk loans. So we've had a lot of clients refinancing homes uh, just because interest rates have gone down substantially. But let's more focus on the questions that people, a lot of our clients, have been asking. Like, is it a good time to buy a house? Uh, obviously, everyone's situation is completely different, but mortgages have have gone down substantially. I mean, I've had clients that have locked in three to three and a half percent on mortgages. I mean, that's solid. This is, this is the low and that's a 30 year mortgage, 30 years. You're able to lock that in. Right. And so that is making the home monthly payment a bit more affordable. That being said, good luck trying to find a house in LA for under a million dollars. It's absurd. It's, it's, you know, it's because of those low interest rates. Um, that's probably going to help keep a floor on housing. And there's still a huge demand. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting trying, watching how housing plays out through all this, because, you know, if it's cheap to own the house and people are refinancing, you know, it's hard to imagine housing gets hurt that bad. But, you know, if you're able to afford the mortgage, it, it helps substantially. Um, there's obviously some tax implications and the Trump tax law that passed a couple years ago um, does not help California, um, does not help a lot of these high state income high income states, uh, high income tax states, excuse me. Um, but you know, it's definitely an interesting time. And if, if you are thinking about housing and that stuff you want to talk about, like this is now a great time to have a little deeper dive. I mean, I just, I got off the phone with the client just earlier today that, you know, they're talking about, they live in San Francisco. Obviously it's pretty expensive up there as well. But um, it's just it's something they're really interested in, and you know now it's getting attractive for sure. Totally, and you know rates being low isn't all good, you know necessarily. Like you know savings rates have fallen dramatically. Totally. Um, you're basically getting nothing in your savings account or your money market these days, and you know much of the world's actually turning into negative rates. Um, so you're literally having to pay to save your money, which is also absurd. Yeah, you'll see a, a lot of people have these high yield savings accounts, Ally. Marcus, um, these rates are going to go down. You've already seen them. You probably got quoted at a rate six months ago, and it's it's substantially lower now. And so, it does make it challenging for savers. And it does, you know, although we are going through volatility, it does make the market more attractive in some ways, right? Because like, what else are you going to do with your money? Um, you know, you can invest in the S and P five hundred that pays a two percent dividend, or you can give the U S government the money for ten years, and they'll pay you half a percent. Right, and so this is this is why the Fed lowers interest rates to help drive people to invest, to drive people to do something with their money. Because when it's sitting in savings, it's not doing yeah. anything. And then one of the big added benefits for a lot of our younger listeners is student loans. And 
Brett, I know you're a total expert on this, and so why don't you kind of speak to yeah. what, what we're seeing in that and Before area. we get into that real quickly, yeah, yeah. Um, people actually used to you know, get a decent amount for having money in a savings account, and that kind of bodes to the argument that usually you know, our parents told us, like, pay off your mortgage, pay off your mortgage, pay off your mortgage, when now in this kind of environment, since it's so cheap to borrow, a lot of the times it doesn't make sense to put that extra money towards your mortgage and you know, put it towards something like a balanced portfolio, which can earn you know, 8% over time and you're only paying out your mortgage at three and a half you're gonna be net ahead in the end yeah definitely and as long as like you stay invested right if you don't if you don't miss the big up days um, you know there's all these studies that have been done if you try to time the market too much and you get out at the wrong you get out when the market's down and you miss some of the updates you miss a lot of return I mean you know, we went, we've had a tough few days, uh, but yesterday, believe it or not, it was the 19th best day for the stock market in 50 years. It's amazing. <laughs> Wild, right? And if you miss these big times, I mean, we talk about December 2018, right? Market was down 19.8%, peak to trough, right? Everyone was freaking out. You know, poor, you know, everyone had to go to their families and look at their account in town for two days because the market's closed <laughs> on Christmas Day after going through the worst Christmas Eve in history. But... January was the best month for the market in 30 years. So a lot of these high return months come during these times. And so, yes, definitely like it's the, the paradigm is shifting and the days of paying down your mortgage as, as quick as you can, a lot of times doesn't, doesn't make sense. It, you know, it can give you more peace of mind for sure, but uh, a lot of times, you know, it can make sense to, to invest the difference, especially when rates are that low and the interest is deductible. Totally. Usually, not in all cases, but uh, it depends on our situation. So, so yeah, what, what, what's kind of going on with the student loan refinance market? Yeah. What are people talking about? So, also, great time to refinance your student loans. Um, rates are, you know, falling. So, there's federal student loans and there's also private student loans. Uh, the federal loans are usually based off the 10-year treasury, so while it won't actually you know, help you this year, but if you're maybe a student and you're getting a loan for next year, then your rates are likely going to be lower. Now, if you're trying to refinance something um, from a higher rate to a lower rate that on a student loan that you're already actually paying, on, um, you know, one, the first step that you got to be aware of is that you're making a federal loan private. So you're losing a lot of those federal benefits. So if you're in income-based repayment or have some type of federal benefit that you're trying to get for the loan forgiveness, you cannot refinance into a private loan. Now, the advantage of having a private loan is that the interest rates tend to be a lot lower. Um, instead of it being based on the tenure, they a lot of times will have um, incentives to move money to them, to give you a lower rate. Um, SoFi and Common Bond are online lenders who have you know, cut out bank branches to lower costs to give you a lower rate. Um, we're seeing you know, a lot of three, four, five percent ranges for those and even you know, a 15-year fixed um, loan rate. So I've had some people ask like, what if what if our loans, you know, with, with Bernie, you know, obviously Bernie's not doing that well in the polls right now, um, but as that conversation has been, like, brought up, this, like, massive student loan forgiveness, um, what, what do you tell people? Like, what do you think about that? It's really hard to tell, um, and honestly, no one knows the right answer, but I, if I had to bet my money on it and they were going to forgive loans, it would only be federal. I can't see any scenario where they're going to forgive a private loan. So if you're refinancing and you're hoping, you know, you're, you're hoping that you do get some type of forgiveness from a Democratic candidate like Bernie, um, you don't want to refinance. Got it. Yeah, so it's kind of the risk. 
maybe take a little bit of a risk on private, but rates, I mean, rates are way lower. Or here's an idea too. You don't have to be so binary. You don't have to do them all or none. You can do a quarter of them, a half of them, and kind of play it by ear and, and, and see how it goes maybe through this election. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you have to, to start these conversations and, and take a look at your finances and um, really your whole financial plan to see if it does make sense. Um, so where, you know, what, what are a lot of people talking about lately as far as like investment firms outside of us, of course. Yeah. Well, besides us being, you know, the best investment firm out there, um, we, you know, a lot of people use robo advisors, right? They, um, plug in their risk tolerance to a betterment or a Robin hood of the world. Um, Betterments will spit you out a portfolio that is just not very customized to you. Um, it's just kind of a cookie cutter strategy. Um, and Robinhood will just let you trade whatever you want. Um, or, you know, at least let you get in, but not, not, not let you trade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's 10 million people that couldn't trade for two days on Robinhood. And, and look, we, you know, Robinhood did a lot of good things for the consumer and in reducing trading costs substantially across the board. But now, why even use Robinhood when other trading platforms that have been around for decades and weren't out for two days um, still offer no transaction trading? Um, yeah, I mean, we were in this race to zero, right, with all of the discount brokerage firms. Robinhood came out, you know, 2016-ish area and said, you know, we're taking this to zero. Screw all you guys. And while <laughs> all the other discount brokerages like E-Trade and uh, TD Ameritrade, they knew this was going to happen. They were just slowly starting to lower commissions because they didn't want to give up that part of their business. You know, it is significant cash flow for them yeah. at some points. Um, and so, you know, Robinhood just taking them to zero immediately kind of forced their hand. Um, and it's also kind of forcing a lot of the consolidation of these companies in the industry. Yeah. And people always ask, like, how do those companies make money then if they don't trade? Um, one of the easiest ways, like a Robinhood, a TD Ameritrade, a, I mean, well, Schwab now, since Schwab acquired um, TD, is on the cash so a lot of investors have money on the sidelines sitting on the sidelines they pay you almost no interest but they're making money on your cash balances and so believe it or not like only a tiny bit of revenue i don't know off the top of my head but i think for schwab it's less than 20 percent comes from came from trading costs anyways so um it they definitely forced their hand but look i don't want to be locked out of trading right that's what happened with robin hood and you know, there's a rumor out there that maybe is because of the leap year. They didn't program that in. Yeah, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty wild to even think about that they could have a glitch like this. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it goes without saying that was the worst performance of the market uh, on a leap year. Uh, <laughs> so uh, ha ha happy birthday, Emmy, uh, my one friend who's born on a leap year. But, um, but so, yeah, with Robinhood, it's, again, it's been great for the consumer, but I think it's time people want to look in the mirror and think, like, do they trust this tech firm um, who – who ha doesn't really have the history that a company like Schwab does. Or, yeah. you know, well, I mean, they came out recently and said that they're going to pay everyone on their cash, too. That was pretty much a, a huge lie. Yeah, they backtracked everything. It? Yeah, it was on, I think it was like 3 or 4%. It was, it was like absurd. A crazy number. Yeah. yeah, and then they backtracked those comments. I, you know, there's probably going to be a class action with this stuff. There's yep. got to be, right? There's, they're already working on it, seeing that, definitely. And then, you know, so that's, that's the Robin Hood and, and, you know, people, you look at the, our Wall Street bets, you see a lot of big winners, a lot of big losers, <laughs> if you follow that. And um, obviously for the winners, I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, 
you know losses that they're unwilling to post but but the robo advisor what's you know it's a cookie cutter portfolio but the robo advisors have substantially struggled over the past few years you may not guess it just by looking at how much they spend on marketing and how many accounts they have but what's happened with the robo advisors they have a huge exposure to international so like emerging markets developed europe they have a huge exposure to international and that has consistently outperformed over the past 10 years they haven't been around for that long um, underperformed it's underperformed. been underperforming yes. yeah significantly significantly <laughs> underperformed and so uh that has hurt those and you know that's one of the big reasons we actually don't like the robo advisors like if we were to if we were to pick someone else it would be more of like a blackrock or um even a vanguard company but just focusing on us um international is a tough story right now um you know europe is a nightmare I mean, the news with Italy being quarantined, yeah, um, Germany, not okay. good. And, and the problem is the the big difference that we can, this kind of goes into some companies, but like the the good news is, so we'll, let's talk with the bad news first. The bad news is, look, there is a decent chance uh, that we go into what's considered a recession. Uh, the definition of that is two quarters of negative GDP, negative GDP growth or just GDP decline. So it's clear you look around, people are not going out to malls, people are not spending money, people are not traveling, and this coronavirus has a severe effect. Um, but the thing is, the US economy was on very strong footing before that, right? So we have good unemployment, uh, we, you know, the tax cuts helped the US consumer a bit, we've seen just overall decent numbers as a whole, and so we kind of came into this in a pretty, pretty good spot but that was why the market had done so well last year, right? And so now we're seeing this huge amount of volatility and we expect this volatility to continue over the next six months. But you know, for some of our young investors, especially like we're setting up some great, great opportunities. Amazing opportunities. And that's the advantage of having an active manager like us versus the robo advisors is we've been underweight international and it's helped our performance a ton. And we're here to you know rebalance the accounts, which a lot of what we did um, before this correction even started was selling off a little bit of the stocks. Um, and so you know, making those decisions and being aware of the world rather than just having a computer run it for you um, on something that you set one time um, you know, has its true advantages. Makes a big difference for sure. And so, and so getting into that, although, you know, individual stocks are always more risky, uh, and again, I'll never recommend acting on your own on these. There's, there's some stocks we call them our, our HQ stocks that, uh, we've been, we've been talking about and thinking about, and that's the home quarantine stocks, right? It's kind of the opposite of the, airlines. <laughs> uh, companies that, you know, in theory should still do okay during this tough time. I mean, one thing is, is the video game sector, right? So, um, you know, Brett, you, you're, you're I love my video games. Yeah. Um, so what, what are some companies and some games that, that you're playing right now that people are playing? Yeah, we got EA and Activision are, you know, two of the big darlings. Um, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better time to, you know, be playing Call of Duty when everyone is basically locked in um, and quarantined into their house. So, you know, they have some huge releases over this next year. Unfortunately, E3 was actually just canceled today, um, which sucks. Um, but, you know, people are going to be streaming. They're going to be playing video games, and this is only going to help them. Um, and these companies, you know, did take a hit last year um, in 18. I'm sorry, 2018 late. 
Uh, they did, you know, get hit pretty hard, and they're still on their way back up. So, you know, I think that those are two opportunities that that might have significant upside over, you know, the next couple of years as we figure this out. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine if you were working from home today, you'd probably be just sneaking in a few Call of Duty <laughs> during your lunch break, right? After market hours, of course. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I wonder. I mean, Google sent, uh, you know, Google's 100,000 employees. They sent them all home. Yeah, you gotta imagine at least like one or two percent like <laughs> Call of Duty uh, or anything like that, and so yeah, that's super interesting. And um, you you see Netflix hold up pretty well. Uh, Netflix typically a very volatile stock. Um, you know, there's been a lot of news with Disney Plus releasing, which you know we Disney is is on both sides of the coin. They have the parks, which is tough, which I'll let Brett talk about. But then you got the streaming side, which is growing, doing really well. But, um, you know, Netflix is, is a stock that has not been hit during this time. And I can't imagine during during this people cancel, cancel their Netflix subscription. No. And Netflix borrows a lot of money and we have interest rates moving down. Um, that being said, Netflix is obviously a very, very expensive stock. Yeah, and so on the flip side of that, a company like Disney, even though they're in the streaming space, um, they get 40% of their revenue from parks and international parks and hotels. Um, that is their cash cow. They've really only made this kind of pivot to streaming in the past you know, year or so, and it's still growing exponentially, but it's not producing a lot of revenue for them yet. And so, you know, investors are kind of looking at their earnings and, well, now it's going to get hit with the parks. We may close the U.S. parks. Yes, there's people that are going to be streaming and watching shows, but that's more of a kind of wash for that specific company. Yeah, definitely. So what, I, what I'm curious, if WeWork was public, what do you think WeWork would be doing during this time? I mean, I would think it would just be getting battered. It has to. No one's going to go to work. Yeah. And so like with WeWork, you know, people choose, people that work remote basically choose to be with people, right? So like <laughs> every, case. every, yeah, I can't imagine, right? It, it's just that, that one is so interesting to me. And I almost wish it was public just so we could see what would be happening. I mean, obviously they're working on a turnaround story. It's a private company. Uh, you know, you can't really see what's going on. Um, that's definitely one of, one of the great things of private investing and also one of the really bad things is, look, if WeWork was public and it priced every day, I'm sure it would be getting hammered during the time, I mean, but you know what, if you're a private investor, accredited investor and you own some, you know, you actually haven't seen that move over the past month. But I, I can't imagine people going into these WeWork offices right well, now. Well, I mean, forget the co-working spaces right now. What about the virtual working? You know, I think this is a huge opportunity for not only like the universities, right, that are all basically teaching their students right now virtually. They're going to realize that this is a huge advantage to them. And I bet you going forward, there's probably going to be a lot more virtual classrooms, virtual workplaces. Um, and companies like Zoom, for example, have been doing quite well Gone too. Insane. Gone and insane. And the other ZM that people accidentally bought. There's there's another <laughs> Zoom Zoom technology company that in is, China it yeah, has nothing to do nothing with to do with Zoom <laughs> that people were accidentally buying that was up a few hundred percent. But yeah, Zoom has done really well. Um, a company that people are talking about that we're keeping our eye on is because uh, we have a lot of clients there and we have a decent under- good understanding of the company is is Slack. Um, it's definitely a very interesting company and a lot of, uh, a lot of companies are realizing like, Hey, this, this platform makes sense. Uh, and it works for us. And especially if they're working remote, need to get stuff done, tracking different things. 
Um, that being said, there's a lot of smaller companies, small businesses that use Slack but don't even pay for it. Uh, I'm not going to name a company like our own specifically that's doing that, <laughs> but uh, basically it's it's an interesting it's an interesting company. They have their earnings uh, come out tomorrow. I think tomorrow's the 12th, right? Yep. Uh, Mon's birthday's on the 13th, so can't forget that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those are some of some of the home quarantine socks. So well, I mean, tech in general too has just done better because yeah. a lot of these companies are, are all tech companies and they're not as affected as a company like those these travel stocks. And yeah. so that's what you're kind of seeing this dislocation now. Totally, even like the malls and all those companies, the the tech companies. What's very different than the '90s, right? So you hear a lot of value managers, like we were talking about with oil before, right? Uh, value companies, the Campbell Soups of the world, right? You, you hear a lot of these managers who have been, oh, one day value is going to do better, one day value is going to do better versus we've seen the Facebooks, the Googles, the Apple of the world done substantially better over the past 10 years. The big difference between the 90s, the dot-com bubble is these companies are so much more well capitalized, True. right? Like they, versus the energy companies are the opposite, yeah. right? Um, and so it's, it's very interesting that we are seeing that, that, you know, they can weather the storm. They have so much cash. Yeah. They've been, they just, they're probably so happy cash. about it. Right. Cause they're maybe looking for opportunities for acquisitions for companies, um, that don't have as much cash. Right. And so look, we, we are definitely not out of the woodshedder yet. There's going to be a lot more volatility. Um, this isn't the time to go all in and be super aggressive, but look, if you, if you're saving money, you have money on the sideline, definitely a good time to chat with an advisor and, and see, see if it makes sense. See yeah. if it makes sense for you. Yeah, feel free to you know share this podcast um, with you guys as friends and family. Let us know your thoughts. If you guys have you know specific questions that you'd love for us to, to go over in the next one or that you're wondering about this podcast, if you want us to explain in more detail, just let us know. Yep, that's a lot of the questions we answered today and the things we talked about today came from clients and friends. So yeah, definitely let us know and we'll be back next week. Cheers, guys.